good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the building with us this morning or whether you're online, we want to invite you to join us in worship this morning. He's worthy of praise. Amen. If you're with us, would you stand this morning? Hallelujah. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless? In awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Oh, come on, sing it. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my You lay down your 
Come on, church, let's praise the Lord. Worthy is the Lamb of God, amen, that was slain for us. Let's give God a great big hand clap. We can do better than that, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy and the privilege of being here today. I don't know about you, but I was glad when someone said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Aren't you glad you're here today? Praise God. That's why we need to praise Him and thank Him. He touches us with the precious finger of life that God alone possesses. Raised us up on our feet. Brought us to church. No one had to roll us in here. Praise God. What a blessing life is. And Lord, we just want to thank you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And I was talking to a young man the other week. Just got saved. And he said, Preacher, what do I do now? Now that I'm saved, what do I do? And I brought him to what is known as the consecration verse. Found in Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Where the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as, who knows, living sacrifices. Amen. Praise God. Which is our reasonable service, he says. And then he says, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Who wants to do the good and acceptable and perfect will of God besides me? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, you got to be transformed. And this is the transformer right here. The word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, get in the Word. Get in the Word and it'll get in you. And it will change your life. Praise God. Do I have a witness? Amen. I see the hands up. A lot of lives. Thank you, young man. Eric, thank you for the lives that you have transformed. Oh, God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Join me, please, at the throne of grace, where we're told that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, our precious Daddy, thank you for allowing us yet another day. Thank you for blessing us with our lives, dear God. Help us, O oh Lord, to make the very most of them. We want to please you, O oh God. We want to make you proud of us. We want to touch the world for the sake of the gospel message. The same message that brought us here today. The world needs to hear it. Lord, let that burn in our hearts to touch souls for Christ and not just be satisfied that we're saved. Lord, we love you. Let us show it by presenting you to the rest of the world. They desperately need to hear it, dear God. Just evidence by watching the news, you can see how desperately they need it. Heavenly Father, we ask that you forgive us of our sins. Corporately, I pray for our church. That you forgive us of our sins of commission, but also the sins of omission. Those things that we should have done according to your precious word that we do not do. Have we been to the hospitals lately when we can to pray for the sick or at their homes? 
Do we help the poor? Are we showing that type of mercy and grace? Charity, which is love? Help us, dear God, to do those things. When you said, when you've done it for the least of these, our brethren, you've done it unto me, Jesus. What an honor, what a privilege. Help us to be cognizant, dear God, of our Christian duty, that we are our brother's keeper. Forgive us when we do not oblige that responsibility. Lord, we love you. We just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for Jesus, as Paul said, who gives us the victory. Victory is ours because of the Lamb of God who shed his blood on the cross. And we just want to say thank you, Jesus, for every good and perfect gift that has come from our Father of lights above. Lastly, Lord, now we feel like we can come to you and ask that you look upon us, upon our cares, our needs, and that you will, dear God, grant our wishes. Father, we have people going into surgery this week. We ask, dear God, that you will bless them, that you will guide the hands of the surgeons, that they'll have good surgeries, dear God. Brother James on Wednesday, Brother Kevin tomorrow, and there's others, dear God. Bless our members who are in rest homes, dear God, who need your help. Sister Gerber, dear God, we ask that you touch her, dear Lord, where she is. We ask that you touch Chris's mom down in Florida, dear God. Heal her body, dear God. Yolanda's uh, uh, daughter-in-law's mother. Heal her, O oh God, and so many others, too many to name. You know who they are, Lord. Heal our sick, dear God. We need you. We depend on you, Lord. You alone, as Peter said, have the words of life. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And we praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. Lastly, thank you for keeping us safe from danger seen and unseen alike. There's a lot of evil out in this world, but you have preserved us, evidenced by the fact that we're standing here today. Bless not only those of us who are here, but those who are at home, watching over the Internet. Bless them all, Lord. Let us all feel your presence, where there's fullness of joy, where there's promised blessings at your right hand. And you have said, I will show you the pathways of life. For this we thank you, we give you honor, we give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, would you join me in saying amen and amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap, church. And then you may be seated. Thank you. Hey, CTC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. We want to take a minute to say thank you to everyone who helped make our COVID vaccine event an overwhelming success, both staff and volunteers. We had over 200 people come through our facilities at both campuses to receive their vaccine, and we heard so many positive comments about our buildings, the efficiency of the event, and the friendliness of our people. We counted a privilege to be able to serve our community in this way. Many of you may have questions about the direction of worship ministry moving forward. Praise team and media team are merging into one group called Worship Ministry. If you're interested in finding out more about the vision of this ministry, especially if you're interested in becoming a part of this team, we invite you to our very first team night on Thursday, May 6 at 7 p.m. Current members of the team will also be there. We will have food, fellowship, and time to talk about where we are headed. Our Ellesmere campus is working to bring back events for community outreach. The first of these will be a coffeehouse-style gathering in Wesley Hall at the Ellesmere campus. We're looking for volunteers to assist in hosting this as well as a variety of family-friendly activities that follow the proper safety guidelines. 
If you're interested in being a part of this team or would like to donate event supplies, please contact Jim Booker at fromharpstohalos at gmail.com. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bayer Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you are worshiping online, you can hit the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning. It's so good to see you and it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. You agree, right? Woke up this morning with a praise in my heart. And I hope that you did too. So, you know, always, always, you can start calling me Fran Connect because that's the, almost the first thing that comes out of my mouth. But at your table or on your chair, you'll find a Connect card if you're with us here in the room. If you're online, please click the Connect tab. What that does, it lets us know that you're here, and it gives us the opportunity to reach out to you later. We need, always want to connect with you to make sure that everybody's doing well during these tough times. And if you're new here, meaning if it's your first time, we give you a special welcome. But we'd like to also spend a little bit of time with you after the service. So as you leave the celebration room to your left, you'll find a welcome center. Please stop in. One of our trained hosts or one of our pastors will be sure to greet you and give you a special welcome gift. If you're online and you're new here, please click the welcome button, the welcome tab, and someone will reach out to you after the service. My dear friend told me earlier this week, she's like, I got an email from Pastor Bill. So thank you for that, Pastor Bill. Um, We definitely spend time connecting with our brothers and our sisters in Christ because we love you. As we transition now to a time of giving, and the reason I really say transition because all the other stuff we're saying, it's feel-good stuff. But the thing about giving is it's, it's a reflection of stewardship. And God always calls us to be faithful stewards. And giving with a generous heart just means that we're giving back to God a portion of what he has given us. So he so generously provided for us. And the reason we do it is to bless others so that people in the world can be impacted by God's life-giving, life-changing life for us and his plans for us. So we're the hands, we're the feet of God in our communities and in this world. So as we transition, I ask that you please stand with me. And we're going to pray over the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, Abba Father, our Lord, our God, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've made. And I can't help, I almost feel like running around and kicking up my heels to rejoice and be glad in it. 
because I marvel at how you've just provided for us, Lord. You provide for us in these moments, and you provide for us through eternity. And I say thank you. No matter what we're going through, Lord, we know that in you we have hope, we have strength, we have faith. So, Lord, now we're going to offer you from the first fruits that you have given us, we're going to give them back to you. And we can imagine and see you smiling and being grateful that we love you to so much so that we follow your word. So, Lord, please bless this offering and may it be used for the benefit and the upkeep of your kingdom. May it go forth and touch people in our community and in this world that may not even know you. But may they be blessed through the gifts and may they be drawn to you so that they too can accept salvation. So, Lord, we ask now in the name of Jesus that you bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we continue in worship. Amen. God has called us. He's called us out of darkness. He's called us into light. He's called us to be his children. We have that privilege this morning. Amen. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, he Last he had 
thank you that you have welcomed us into your family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that above all else, you have called us your children. You have set our feet on a solid rock. You are great and you are greatly to be praised. The psalmist asks, who, is, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? And the answer is, nobody. There is nobody like you.
for us. Who can be against us? And God is for us. Aren't you glad? Praise God. Are you glad that God is for us? That he means to do us good? Praise God. Let us go once more before the Lord, dear brothers and sisters. And uh, we're going to pray right now for the word of God that we're about to hear. I love this part. I love all the service. But there's nothing like the word of God. Amen. I I feel with spiritual eyes. I see angels standing at attention all around this wall. All around this wall. Honoring the word of God that is about to be preached. Let us go to the Lord once again in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. Mm, sweet, sweet Jesus. We just want to say thank you once again for your precious word of God. Lord, we realize there's some nations, some countries that you cannot possess the word of God without going to jail. And even worse, we are so blessed that we have the word of God and that we can even hear it preached openly. Thank you, dear God, for that blessing or that privilege. Let us get the very most out of it. We thank you for the gifted man of God that you have brought before us to lead our church and to bring the word of God to us. We thank you for Pastor Roger and First Lady Carolyn for their ministry, dear God, over these many, many decades. We thank you for the love and compassion they they bring. I always think of Sister Carolyn telling me, she said, I make mistakes. I err from time to time, but I try to err with compassion. What a wonderful statement. What a mantra that we all should try to possess and emulate. Lord, we thank you for them. We can't wait to hear the mighty word of God that he's about to preach. We ask that you anoint not only his tongue, but his heart, his spirit. Fill him to overflowing with the power of the Holy Ghost. So that we hear not only from man, from him, with all the intellect, with all the studying, with all the preparation. But we hear also from God. Lord, we give you all the honor. All the glory is yours. All power. For you alone are worthy. We give you so much thanksgiving. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. Before we have our our pre-roll for the end of the sermon, this is Tony. And Tony is our Children's Ministries Director. And this is the time in our service as we, as we have a, a few seconds before the uh, message begins for our children to follow Miss Tony to their classes. And if you want to join her uh, children uh, in the classes, now's the time to go. Thank you, everybody, for being here. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Woo! <laughs> That's bright. 
Good morning and again, everyone. Good to see all of you here this morning as we continue our series. Uh, this series, Mark My Words, as we are uh, starting a new, uh, a new series. We're looking through into the book of Mark as we're uh, one chapter at a time. And last week we began uh, with answering the question, who is Jesus? Do you remember the answer if you were here? Jesus is... Oh, my gosh. Oh, good. Good. It was a little slow there. Jesus is awesome. And uh, we're continuing that today with the the question, Jesus is healer. And so we continue with our series today. This message is going to be a little bit short. Uh, Maybe. Because I want us to, as Jesus is healer, I want us to take some time today to pray for healing. Uh, We need to do this. We need to take time to do this. So I'm going to give us some thoughts about the scripture this morning. And then we'll have uh, Pastor Bill and Debbie are going to come back and lead us in a couple more songs after the message. So that we'll have a good amount of time if you want to uh, come forward and, and, and kneel here at the platform or meet somebody at the prayer stations for prayer, Uh, we'll be ready. Uh, We've got oil for anointing. If you're online and you have a prayer request for us and you would like to request prayer for healing, there's a button that says, I'd like prayer. Uh, Please click that button and you will be, uh, it'll open a new window, a chat window for you to chat privately with one of our um, hosts online and they will be glad to pray with you online. But the focus this morning is, is on healing and Jesus as our healer. Uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we, we talked about Jesus being awesome. And Jesus' awesomeness comes out of his authority. And his authority comes out of his identity as being the Son of God. But Jesus takes it a step further, not just saying that he is the Son of God. He is God. And that's a very bold and authoritative thing for him to say. But let's look at Mark chapter 2 as we're walking through our series this morning. Mark chapter 2, beginning with verses 1, reading verses 1 through 12. We read Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later. Remember last week, Jesus was at Capernaum and uh, he... He was in the, called his hometown. Apparently he left, had to go out on business, but he came back at the beginning of chapter 2, several days later. And news spread quickly that he was back home. Last week I showed you a picture of the synagogue in Capernaum and that it still stands, ruins of it still stand today. And it's possible that Jesus was in that very building, on that very space. I just think that's an amazing thing. For us to think about. I've never been to the Holy Land. Maybe some of you have been to the Holy Land. But in the city of Capernaum, not only is there this synagogue that we saw a picture of last week, there's also a a monument, a temple, not sure what you call it, but that was built in the third or the fourth century. And the ruins of it are still there. It's in the shape of an octagon. And uh, archaeologists excavated underneath the ruins of this of this monument or this temple that is still there. 
And under that, they found the remains of a very simple home, just one room. But it was clear that they could date it to the first century. I just think that it's awesome that we have these remnants. We have the physical evidence of these places that Jesus is talking about. And it's very possible, if not likely, that it very well could be the place where Jesus stayed when he was in Capernaum. It's identified also as Peter's home. And we see in other scriptures where Jesus went to the home of Peter. He healed his mother, etc. I just think it's amazing that we have these archaeological facts even today, talking about when Jesus was there and what he did. So, soon as the house, um, in that house in Capernaum, I lost my spot, soon the house where Jesus was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him in to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Now, this word dug that's put in this translation literally means to deconstruct or to unbuild. They took it apart piece by piece. You get the idea that they intended to put it back together because they needed it, but they took it apart. That's a lot of work. They couldn't get into the building because there were so many people there. They took the roof apart. They dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But at that, some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive. Now, Jesus knew immediately what they were saying in their hearts, the question. And so he asked them, why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Now, I don't know if this is a play on words that Jesus is saying. I don't know if if Jesus is being serious. I don't know the Aramaic language, which is probably the language that Jesus spoke. So I don't know how accurate it is for Jesus to say which is easier to say. But it's clear to me that it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Jesus is making some other kind of point rather than being lazy to say the quicker thing or the easier thing. I don't think Jesus is being lazy in this. But Jesus continues, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. This is a powerful story. Let's look at some of the some of the things that are happening in this and go back to verse five. In which Jesus says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. How do you see someone's faith? Do you know how to see someone's faith? 
their actions. Thank you, Pastor Bob. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know that you're prompted by the Holy Spirit to say that. <laughs> how, how do you see what's happening in in anybody? Life. I remember once I had in my last church I had a, a, a volunteer in the church that was giving me some difficulty, and I I called it a bad attitude. And uh, there was another woman in the in the church who was retired from some kind of big business uh, experience, and I didn't quite know how to handle this. Uh, bad attitude, except I just wanted to, you know, what we want to do with people. We just want to slap them around a little bit and say, straighten up, right? Isn't that your tendency, what you want to do? Get a bad attitude out of your kids or whatever? So I was talking with this woman who, who was retired from high executive positions in big businesses, and she was in human resources, and so I was talking with her, how do you, how do you manage this? How, how do you work with this? And I says, I just want to kind of get in there and say, change your attitude before you come to church on Sunday. And she said, Pastor, you can't, you, you can't talk about attitudes. You can't be judgmental like that and just say to somebody, you've got a bad attitude. It just doesn't work. I says, well, what do you do? And she said, you have to focus on behaviors. It's pretty much all you can do. So somebody, so you might be able to say, when you come into the church, well, let me use this for an example. I used this example last night. So let's say somebody comes into church, and I watch them walk into church, and they walk in there, and they've got their Bible, if they've got something, and they just slam it down, and then they stomp over here, and they don't say hi to anybody, and they're just walking around, and, and you can tell something's not quite right. And from a distance, I might be able to say, you know, that person's got a bad attitude. Just get out of here. (laughs) But she said, how about this, Pastor? How about you go to that person and say simply what you observed? And you can say to them fairly safely, I noticed that when you came into church on Sunday, you, you walked in and what I saw was that you really quite abruptly threw your Bible or your stuff on the table and you ignored people as you walked past them. In fact, one day, Pastor Vaughn caught me doing that one day, early after I'd I'd been here maybe a couple of months back in 2017. And and I wasn't used to so many people and I had on my mind uh, a task. I had to get in here to do something with Pastor Paul, and so there were people in the mall area, and, and I was focused on coming here and doing what I needed to do, and, and uh, Pastor Vaughn saw me walk past several people, and then after that, later that week, he came to me and he said, you know, Pastor, when people see you walk past them, they can't interpret that as you don't care or you're ignoring them. And I said, well, I don't mean to do that. I was just focused on that. He says, is it possible for you to just acknowledge their presence? I said, I can do that. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Vaughn, again, for teaching me how to function in this congregation. And 
and how to and how to be. So so he didn't judge me for being uncaring. And I didn't get all upset about it because he didn't come in attacking me as if I was uncaring. But he was observing my behavior and helping me see how my outward actions reveal something inside of me. He knew that I care about people and that I didn't want to just do it. So this woman back in the other church was saying, you, you can't judge a person's attitudes necessarily because you don't know what's happening in their head. So this person that comes in, and, 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 and we might very easily say they're just in a bad mood. But again, that's, that's a determination. That's a judgment that we make about who they are. But we can, we can observe their behaviors. So with this person who I really wanted to say, you've got a bad attitude and I really wish you'd just come to church with a better attitude. <laughs> I had to say something different. When you come into church, well, go back to that example that, that, I, that I gave earlier. Instead of me, in fact, going to that person, how about I just say to them, I noticed that you came in this morning, and this is the behavior that I saw. Can I help you with something? Is everything all right? And start showing compassion instead of judgment about who they are or what they're doing. That's kind of an example of, I think, how Jesus might have seen the faith of the people that were there that day. Let's talk about what Jesus did observe in their behaviors. Jesus was in that house. He was in, teaching, says the word. I wish I knew what word he was teaching, but it, he doesn't tell us that. Mark doesn't tell us what word he was teaching. Jesus obviously watched four men gather onto a mat a man who could not walk. Jesus watched those four men pick up that man. And again, we don't know what their relationship to him was. Doesn't even call them friends. Just says four people who happen to be male. That's the grammar. We know that because of the grammar. They used a male pronoun, them. <laughs> we don't have a, a plural male pronoun. We have just them in our language. But it was four men who came and they brought that man to Jesus. And the other what other Jesus also observed that the people who were on the outside of the crowd were not getting out of the way to let them bring this man in. So they continued to stay there. And then Jesus observed them climbing up onto the roof. Jesus observed them taking the roof apart, digging through the, the mud or the sticks or the boards or the straw or whatever they used to construct the house. And then Jesus observed them while he's talking to them, lower the man down into there. And Jesus looked up and all of that he saw their faith. It causes me to ask the question, how does Jesus or other people see my faith? What am I willing to do if that is how faith is shown to others in our actions What do my actions say 
about faith in God, who Jesus is. What were their actions that day saying to the people around them who Jesus is? And I think that's really what this story is about. And, and remember that as we look at this book of Mark, in the whole first half of the book of Mark, one of the main questions Jesus is, or Mark is telling us is, who is Jesus? That's the question. And so last week we, we, we interpreted it by Jesus is awesome. He's awesome because of his authority, and we talked about that. And this week, we, we see that Jesus is healer. That's a pretty good observation because through Jesus' work, others were healed. And Jesus comes and he, he brings healing to them. He saw their faith. It's also interesting to me that the first thing that Jesus is saying is, My child, your sins are forgiven. Why doesn't Jesus say you're healed? But he begins with your sins are forgiven. That is an interesting, interesting question. And then immediately we don't see the man get up off his mat and walk until after there's this encounter with the teachers of religious law. These teachers of religious law, in other translations, are called scribes. And a scribe is kind of like a lawyer. They, they're, they're, they're educated. They know how to write. Carolyn and I recently, well, actually just yesterday, signed a refinancing mortgage on our house. And so the lawyer came over to the house in, in COVID and we sat there and he had a stack this thick of papers and we wa- walked through it page by page, signing uh, signature after signature as we went through it. There were a lot of words on those pages. We did not read every word, but I was told that I've got three days to read every word. And if I decide that there's something in there I don't like, I still I still can pull out of the deal. <laughs> I'm still not going to read every word. But all those words, think back those days when education, we take education for granted and and don't ever take education for granted. Education is powerful. Whether you whether you get it formally or informally, learning is powerful. Don't ever stop learning. But in those days, only the wealthy, only the only the the most privileged were able to get an education. And so you had to go to a scribe if you were buying a piece of property. You had to go to a scribe if you were making a legal agreement with somebody because they were the only ones who knew how to write and what to write. So these are the scribes. They knew everything about the religious law. They were well educated. And so when they heard Jesus say, your sins are forgiven, they went, whoa, he can't do that. Because that's blasphemous. Well, what is blasphemy? Let's look and see what blasphemy is. It's a a religious word. We don't go around in our everyday language saying, well, that's blasphemy. Somebody says something. We, We don't do that. But we might ought to. 
Because the definition of blasphemy is something that we see happening frequently. So blasphemy means to intentionally and consistently despise. I despise you. I'm showing contempt to you. Contempt is another big concept word. Contempt means to actively show disrespect. Somebody who is in contempt of court is somebody who is actively rejecting what the judge is saying or arguing against the judge, not submitting to the authority of the judge. That's contempt for somebody to somebody. It's to consistently despise, disrespect, or insult. Anybody experience an insult? (laughs) Anybody ever insult somebody else? Insult? Said that funny. Or reject God. These are things that we understand and we probably do them every day to somebody. We may do them every day to God. In other words, each one of us may be blaspheming God on a daily basis, not even knowing it. To disrespect, insult, or reject God. What, what blasphemy does is essentially it denies the reality of the distinction between the Creator and the created. Somebody is an artist. They make a sculpture or they paint a painting or they write a poem. And that is, that is the artist's artwork. And when somebody looks at the artwork of the artist and puts it down, criticizes it, it's insulting to the artist. But the artist is not the same thing as the artwork. They're two different things. And we need to realize that we are not the same thing as the Creator created in His image, very much like this piece of art comes out of the thoughts and the personality and the characteristics and the style and the talents talents of the artist. But it's not the artist. And when we blaspheme God, we really take God out of the picture when put ourselves there as God. That's blasphemy. And so when the scribes, the teachers of religious law, heard Jesus say, your sins are forgiven, it was blasphemy. And they, according to their law, they were rightly insulted because Jesus has just insulted who they believe God to be. But Jesus is making a powerful claim here. He says, and they say, what is he saying? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins, which is true, which is what they believed. So Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. And so he said to you, why do you why do you question this in your, in your hearts? And then Jesus gets into this strange. I don't know if he's being humorous or if he's or, or what he's doing. But he, he says, is it easier to to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven stay, or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Jesus, you say some things are just very confusing to us humans at times. But Jesus says, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. This story is not about healing as much as it is once again repeating and affirming the authority and the person of Jesus. And Jesus is a person. Just like when we have a child and and we hold that child, we realize as parents, this is a person. 
This is not just a thing. This is not just some something that needs diapers changed frequently <laughs> and food frequently and sleep frequently. This is a person. And this person, about four months, three to five months at, of age, suddenly gets a personality. Something happens in the brain. And I remember watching this, and I loved watching this in both of my children. When they get to four or five months of age, something happens in that child. And that child turns and looks at mom and dad or whoever, and, and you can see that that person recognizes this person. And there's a relationship building. But it's a different person than the one who created it. And we need to realize that Jesus is the person of God. And he reminds us of that. And he's teaching his people that I am God. And so to prove that I am God, I am saying to you, your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus says, I'm going to give you a second proof. Stand up and walk. And the man gets up and walks. So the healing is not just about the healing. The healing has a greater purpose. And so when we ask for God to heal our lives, let's do it in a way that says, okay, God, I'm asking for you to bring healing so that my life can be easier, so that such and such, so and so can be whole, so that so and so doesn't have to suffer. But God, through all of this healing or the lack of healing, God, you be glorified. And so let's not ask for healing in just totally selfish ways. So that our pain can stop. But we ask for healing so that God will be glorified. So that that will be a witness and a testimony to people who do not trust in God. Do not believe in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus' healing here isn't just about the healing. It's about lifting up Jesus as the person, the Son of God. And when we pray for healing and ask for healing today... Let's think about that. Lord, your purpose is that all people come to relationship with you. So I ask for you to bring healing into my life or to this person's life, whether it's a physical healing, a healing of a broken relationship, a healing of of, of something else. I don't know what it is, but the book of Matthew in chapter 423 says Jesus went throughout the region teaching, proclaiming the good news and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. You hear me say that several times a year. (laughs) It must be an important verse to Pastor Roger. Yeah, it is. Because if that's what Jesus did, and Jesus expects us to do what he did, then the church is to be about teaching, proclaiming, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. So you ask the Holy Spirit today, what is the sickness and disease, Jesus, that you're asking me to pray for, to pray about? And we're gathering together just like those four men gathered together. And they came around that man and they, in their faith, in their active faith, they gathered him up in this mat and they brought him to Jesus. So that Jesus could be glorified, God's plan could be made. So let's come together this morning and let's pray together.
Pastor Bill, there's, there's, there's this interesting thing. I've got a couple questions, and then we'll be ready to pray. Uh, one of the questions uh, that Pastor Vaughn and Pastor Bill and I were talking is this connection, asking the question, is there a connection between forgiveness and healing? And here's another question. This question is more specific. If I don't forgive someone, does that mean that God will not heal me? Well, the answer is not necessarily. But you might consider the possibility that sin is blocking your healing. Then Pastor Bill told us this story about a friend of his. We'll call him John and another friend of John's named Sam. Sam was battling cancer. And for months, John would go to him praying with him just encouraging him and constantly asking for Jesus to heal him. And then it wasn't coming. But then on one of the visits, John felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to ask a question almost out of the blue to his friend Sam. And the question was this, Sam, who do you hate? (laughs) Somebody comes up to you just out of the blue. Who do you hate? But immediately Sam answered the question, I can't stand my brother-in-law's guts. (laughs) He's in relationship. He's stuck in a relationship with his brother-in-law. I don't know if it's his sister's brother or his wife's brother. Doesn't really matter. At family gatherings, he's constantly confronted with this person and he can't stand his guts. So immediately asked, who do you hate? Without a hesitation, Sam replied, I hate my brother-in-law's guts. John encouraged Sam I encourage you to forgive your brother-in-law. It was a difficult thing to do. I don't know the details. I don't know what his brother-in-law, I don't know what the relationship was in this. But but it took him some time and finally Sam was able to forgive him and mend the relationship. And after that, Sam was healed of his cancer. Now, I can't say that that's going to happen in every situation, but I can say that sin absolutely can block God's work in our lives. Another question is, why doesn't God heal everyone? And again, the simple answer is, I don't know. And I can't pretend to know. But I do know this, that God desires that you are well. And in fact, this word well can be, I can use the word whole, W-H-O-L-E. And whole means to, to have integrity, to be all one, to everything, everything is well. We sometimes sing that song, it is well with my soul. That's wholeness. It's peace. In fact, that word peace is another word for the salvation that describes the salvation that Jesus gives to us. It's the Hebrew word shalom, peace. So many of us grew up in churches where where we just talk about being saved as being forgiven of my sins so that I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. But the salvation that God has for us is so much greater than that, so much broader than that. He wants to make us whole and complete and lacking nothing, as as James says in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of any kind, because you know that those trials lead to endurance. And then he says, so let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature, complete and lacking nothing. That's the salvation that God has for us. Sometimes we need to get real with God and say, God, I need this healing or somebody. We need this reconciliation in our relationship. But is there anything else in my life, God, that you want to deal with? And so you might come this morning asking for prayer for somebody else. But God may want to say to you, now, wait a minute, before you do that, I just want to talk to you. And let's talk about your own life and my relationship with you. And I just want you to trust me. I want you to be committed to me. Then I'll let me make you whole and everything else will fall into place. It's like Jesus saying, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. Let's do that this morning as we pray for healing. And so I remind you, if you're, if you're online, if you're watching, fill out the Connect card and ask somebody to pray for you or fill out the, the uh, we can pray together. Uh, click the button that says, I need prayer. Or if you're here, take the Connect card, take the envelope and fill it out again and write down. And I encourage you to pray where you are. But I also encourage you to come and kneel here or come to one of the prayer stations and others will be glad to pray for you. But let's, as Bill and Debbie lead us in singing, let's continue to worship God, to pray together. I invite you to stand with me if you are able as we worship and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we come together that the Holy Spirit is here with us. There's no hoops we have to jump through that you're here. Your power is here. And you're ready to move among us. So today, Lord, as we commit ourselves to pray, Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit of God would move among us. Bring healing, physical healing, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever you choose to do today, Lord. We give ourselves to you. And we thank you, Jesus front area is open to come and pray. There's folks standing at the prayer stations. If, if you need God to touch you in a specific way today, you need him to bring healing to you. Now is the time. Now is the time. Because mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being moved. God, we believe Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our Pray that you would just move among us. 
Slay the giants. Loose the chains. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Good. 
Spirit just overtakes us. Lord, we're overwhelmed. 
by your glory. We're overwhelmed by that presence. And so, Lord, maybe it's in this atmosphere today, even before we leave here, in this moment, that you might do something miraculous in someone. Lord, maybe it's in this moment, in this atmosphere today, that you might restore someone. Lord, that you might restore someone's health, that you might restore a relationship, that you might restore finances, that you might restore, Lord, just a life that feels broken. Today, Lord, we want you to do in us what you want. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for how you minister to us. We thank you for how you strengthen us. God, we pray you would go with us, send your Spirit with us, encourage us, and strengthen us in this week to come. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. If you still want someone to pray with, there's folks that are here that will be glad to pray with you. The front is still open to pray. You can stay as long as you want to and pray. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for worshiping with us online today. Have a great day. God bless you.